0: Hi, right, welcome Shark Nation, Shark Radio Season 2, Episode 4. We have a big show for you today with all our usual athletic updates, coaches interviews. Today with Coach Jay Dyer, our defensive line coach, and of course, College Pickham. We also have all of your homecoming information for next week as well. So check it out. Up first, our athletic updates JV football last night, the Baby Sharks fell to 5A Fort Dorchester, big, strong, fast team. Baby Sharks competed all night but fell 7-6 in a defensive battle. May River opened the game with a 65-yard scoring drive, capped off with a jasper and touchdown. Fort Dorchester got on the scoreboard in the third quarter and held off the Sharks in the final drive of the night. JV football will be at James Island next Thursday, kickoff at 6.30 p.m. Girls Tennis. The Lady Shark tennis team was back in action and got back to their winning ways against Colleton County in a rare tennis doubleheader. May River traveled to Col- Colleton County and played two. They swept Colleton last night six matches to zero in match one and six to zero in match number two. Winning, winning last night was Olivia Rose Besecker, Delaney Brown, Sidney Jones, Molly Durker, Jalen Basinger, and doubles Sosie Spires and Sarah Pullican. That puts the Sharks' record in region play 3-2. Congratulations, ladies. Volleyball. The volleyball team had one region match and one out-of-region match this week, defeating and sweeping both opponents. On Tuesday, the Sharks traveled to Beaufort High School to get a critical region victory in straight sets 3-0 over the Eagles. On Wednesday, May River hosted 5A Berkeley High School and again were victorious in straight sets over the Stags. We have a huge next week with matches at home on Tuesday and Thursday against Buford and Bluffton. Respectfully, the Sharks also travel to James Island on Monday for a makeup match. So come come out and support the ladies at Tuesday and Thursday with their big home matches. Good luck, ladies! Girls golf. Your defending state champion golf team improved to eight zero on the season with victories over Bluffton, Buford, Hilton Head. James Island, and Lucy Beckham last night in the key region match. The Sharks shot a team score of 181 with Kylie Bowes shooting a 43. Robins the Trower shot a 45. Claire Green a 46. And Haley Appersbach a 47. Great job, ladies. Cross country. The boys cross country team finished 10th last weekend in their biggest meet of the year. Colin McDonald finished 13th with a time of 17 minutes flat. Noah Wasserman was 27th with a 17-minute, 29-second run. Damian Polite was 40th with a 17:49. Matthew Tisdell finished 52nd with a time of 18 minutes flat. And Ryland Stetter rounded out the scoring with a 103rd place finish in a time of 20 minutes and 8 seconds. Congratulations, boys. The girls' cross-country team finished 7th in what was their largest event of the season as well. Anya Royo again was fantastic and she was the meet runner-up with a time of 18 minutes and 47 seconds. Vicky Sosa finished 8th with a time of 19.35. Ashlyn Bakberwicz finished 18th with a 20-minute, 3-second time. And Carolyn Stickler and Evan Lee Hale rounded out the, scale, the scoring with a 80th and 94th place respectfully. Congratulations, girls. Great job, all of our athletics this week. And again, good luck next week and homecoming week. A lot of action next week across the board for May River. Speaking of homecoming, our homecoming announcement segment, a lot of information out there. So pay attention. Um, We're going to go over what each day has. Also some information before that here. Our dress down information. Obviously, we'll get into what each day is next week. But dress down info, info, you are allowed to wear jeans with your themed outfit if it relates to the theme only. If tops and bottoms are not part of the appropriate theme day, you will be out of dress code. Please remember the basic rules of dress code still apply during this week. No strapless holes, drug, alcohol, offensive words, or images allowed. No face paints or masks. Make sure your clothing is appropriate length. No crop tops. Proper coverage still applies. This is spirit week, not dress down week. Please watch the homecoming lookbook for ideas and rules. Powder puff info. The Powderpuff waiver parent permission slips are located in student student services. You should have had those by now, but if not, make sure you're getting that done. They're also in the front office and Google Classrooms. Return signs, return forms should have been in to Miss Sweet, Miss Clutch by Wednesday. If not, please get them in ASAP. Powderpuff has the following participants per grade level, 25 females and three alternates, one head coach and three assistant coach per grade level. All right, again, we're playing on Wednesday. So we're playing this wednesday next wednesday excuse me starting at six o'clock homecoming parade 5 30 p.m at may river high school alumni and spectators are invited to our second annual Hoco parade and will be allowed to park in the student parking lots until 5 15. groups can sit socially distance along the parade route bring your chairs and snacks entrances will close at 5 15 so please be on time homecoming court info Make sure you've been applied to Homecoming Court ballot by Friday, last Friday. hasn't done. You're too late. Homecoming Court we be voted on between September 20th and 24th. That was this week. Students will be instructed to use the Google form. that will be uploaded to all grade-level Google Classrooms. Please vote for your grade only. Seniors only will vote for King and Queen in their grade-level Google Classroom from Monday, the 27th, to Thursday, the 30th. Students who make Homecoming Court will be represented presented at the homecoming football game, obviously, tonight. Or next next Friday, excuse me. First, or homecoming king and queen will also be announced. Court members must see Miss Sweets, Miss Clutch, Monday the 27th for the royalty packet. T-shirt info. All homecoming T-shirts will be conducted via online, pre-sales only. Please see the MRHS website to purchase. All right day by day next week this is what we got sunday september 26 from 12 to 2 we have powder puff practice on the high school practice field all girls players and boys coaches must attend permission slips COVID waivers required of players and coaches returned into miss weaver make sure you bring your own water and several footballs monday the 27th Dress down day. Make yourself at home. Wear your favorite joggers or sweatpants with a comfy t-shirt or hoodie. No onesies or shorts. Before school, senior sunrise. This is for seniors only. Meet at 6.30 a.m. in the stadium. Bring blankets and chairs. A.m. announcements. Homecoming royalty court announcement. Seniors vote for king and queen in your grade level. Google Classroom by Thursday, 345. Tuesday, September 28th. Dress down day is homies day, twin day, match with your bestie or friend group. After school, May River home volleyball game versus Beaufort High School. JV starts at 530, varsity around 630. Come support our Lady Sharks and sit in the student section. Wear your best red, white, and blue for the American theme. Wednesday, September 29th, dress down day is home for the holidays. Dress up as your favorite holiday or wear your best holiday sweater. After school, Powder Puff, May River Football Field. Again, must have your permission form slip, COVID waiver signed, and wear a signed class color shirt. Entry fee for the spectators is $2. Game one is at six. Juniors, in white versus freshmen in light gray. 630, game two. Seniors in blue versus sophomores in black. And then seven is the championship game between games one and two winners. Good luck, ladies. Thursday, September 30th. Your dress-down day is hometown day. Dress up in something you would wear in your hometown. Are you from Bluffton? Wear your best beach tropical wear. Crew banners. Put your finishing touches and turn into student services by 4 p.m. Crew homecoming court practice with Clutch and Weaver. Meet in the football field. After school. May River home volleyball. First of school down the road. Bluffton High School. Again, JV will start at 530. Varsity around 630. Come out support your Lady Sharks. Sit in the student section, get your neon and glitter ready for the rave theme. Friday, October 1st, Dress Down is Bring the House Down Day, Class Color Wear Day. Seniors, you're in blue, juniors, you're in white, sophomores, you're in black, and the lowly freshmen, you're in gray. Homecoming, pep rally video at the end of the day. Schedule and directions will be sent to your teachers. Homecoming Parade, again, 5.30 p.m. Make sure you're there by 5.15. Float winner and spirit stick awarded at halftime of the game. Homecoming game versus James Island, first region opponent. Big game, homecoming week, first region opponent. Again, kickoff at 7.30. and of course, at halftime, homecoming court and your homecoming king and queen will be announced during halftime. Again, that's all your homecoming information for next week. Again, enjoy next week. It's fun. It's laid back. But, again, you're still students first. Make sure you're paying attention in the classroom and getting all your work done. All right, we will be back with Coach Jay Dyer, the defensive line coach of your May River football team. We'll hear a word from our sponsor first. Shark Radio is brought to you by Low Country Lawn Systems, a new and upcoming business. LCLS specializes in yard drainage, irrigation, and landscape installs. All low country lawn systems with all of your outdoor yard needs today. All right, welcome back to Shark Radio. In our studio this afternoon, this morning, we got Coach Jeremy Dyer, the younger brother of Coach Thomas Dyer, who also coaches football. Coach Jay Dyer, kind of a jack of all trades for us at May River, coaches football as coach some lacrosse, and also coaches basketball. Coach, coach Dyer, welcome. Glad to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me. Proud to be here.
0: All right. Um, Coach Dyer, you're the D-line coach here at May River. So what what do you look for in an effective D-lineman?
1: For an effective D-lineman in our defense is based on the ability to move side to side. So lateral quickness, having strength, being on the front line, having some length in terms of our length of our arms and legs. So a longer player, having some size always helps on the defensive line and anybody with some active hands that can disrupt an offensive lineman.
0: So so how does their role fit as a defensive line group in the grand scheme of the defense? What's their goal?
1: The biggest part about our defense and our defensive line is I need players that are going to be selfless, meaning that up front we play a 3-4 where we're slanting back and forth, where our D linemen are t- typically taking on one gap but taking on blocks from two different offensive linemen. So being able to free up an inside linebacker to go make a play or to free up an outside linebacker to go make a play is where we fit into the grand scheme of things. Now there's times when if we make our reads right and based on what the offense does or the defensive lineman's in a position to make a play, and then that's our opportunity to go tackle and go play football.
0: All right. So so a lot of talk about fat team six, the Ballyhood Fat Team Six. You know what, you know, kind of explain, you know, Fat Team Six and then also what does it stand for and What is their responsibility on game day? Big deal.
1: So, FAT Team 6 was an inaugural team created back in 2016. FAT standing for Forward Advancing Team 6. We've even created our own emblem, which includes uh, a member holding kettlebells, which we use to hold down the sideline tent. Includes a truck with lots of different stuff in it that we pack for away games. and includes a nice barbecue meal with some mac and cheese and pulled pork, (laughs) because that's a big part of FAT Team 6 when we're on the road, is stopping for a good meal. The biggest, biggest thing that Fat Team 6 does on game day is setting up the FOB, the FOB, the Forward Operations Base, which has three components. The three components include the end zone, which includes the end zone camera, and what is known as the octopus, which has a lot of cords of different things, in order for us to use a sideline video system, which is part two, setting up on the sideline with a tent and table and chairs and tv and different other aspects and then our third component's up in the press box where we have a camera and the sideline video system uh, the actual port where we can watch instant replay of the game that is happening
0: so you guys are the tech people tech and the grinders correct we're, <laughs> we're the heavy lifters and the tech <laughs> all ones. Right, all right. heavy lifters and tech awesome well sounds like a heck of an operation um all right so tonight we've got Blythewood rolling into town you know Blythewood wanna you Know state title in the last you know handful of years. You know good school. You know what kind of, what type of problems does their offensive line present um, to the sharks?
1: So tonight, when I'll be watching the game from doing my film study on Blythewood, I'm seeing just as a typical 5A school. They they got five big kids up front. They're strong. They have a couple kids returning this year, so they have some experience from watching the film. They run off the football. Their double teams are very crisp in terms of being hip to hip and together. Okay, they're pretty solid in pass pro in terms of their scheme and how they do things like that. And overall, offensively, they do a good job of relying on their offensive line to kind of power them through the games that they've played. Most of the games that they've played have been low-scoring games where they've been effective running the ball, and that's how they score most of their points, is by kind of getting down in the trenches and grinding out a – eight to 10 play drive where eight or nine of those plays were runs.
0: So, so during the game, then what is your role? You're in the press box. You're kind of watching your D line, but you're watching kind of obviously Blythewood's offense. What is your role from the press box on game day?
1: So in the press box, I'm kind of, I'm just the defensive eye in the sky. So I'm, kind of, I'm looking out at what Blythewood's lining up in. I call out formations and communicate different reads and things like that that we have. I'm looking at our call sheet and our information sheet, which has all the different percentages, run, pass, field, or boundary, based on tendencies that we broke down from the coaches meeting on Sunday with the film that we have. So communicating any type of information or different tendencies that we've seen is number one. Number two, during the play, I watch from basically the linebackers. So I can kind of see the secondary. I can kind of see the the D-line as well. So between picturing together what Blythewood has done previously versus what we are calling on defense, I'm able to identify mistakes that our kids make and how can we correct those mistakes as fast as possible so a team like Blythewood with good coaching can not capitalize on us continuing to make the same mistake over and over again. Then When we're off the field and offense is on the field, um, running the sideline video system where we're watching the instant replay of the previous series that we just played,
0: so you got to kind of be quick on, quick on your thoughts. Then all that's got to happen between the end of the play and the beginning of the next play, essentially, or the quicker the better,
1: correct. And, and any time we play any team with some tempo, kind of like Blythewood does, they're a no huddle team. They're going to signal from the sideline and makes sure it makes my job much harder because that's less time for me to process or to read a call or to read a tendency and get that out to coach Schmidt and coach Paul who are on the field who can then communicate to the players on the field.
0: Okay. So, so tonight, you know, some of your goals from a defensive line, la- a defensive line standpoint, and what is kind of your, what is the key to your unit having success against Blythewood
1: for our unit tonight? Uh, our goals and things that we need to do well in order to be in a good position and kind of set the tone defensively is that we need to play low and fast. We need to be having our chin under their chin at all times. We're firing off the football. We're striking our target. Whether that's a half a man, we're working outside rush, we're turning and running sideways. Whatever our our job is, we're doing that at 100% speed. We're then making our correct reads that put us in the right gap that tell us where the ball's going and how to react and do those different things. And then when we have an opportunity to do all those things that I just listed, then we're in a position where now we're the free man to go make the tackle. It's our opportunity to go go play flat, attack the near hip, and go tackle.
0: All right, well, we appreciate it, Coach Dyer. Thanks for coming on with us. Again, kickoff is at 730 tonight. May River against Blythewood come out and support us up next. We'll be college pick'em. We'll be right back. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. All right, welcome back, Shark Radio. It's College Pick'em time. The rough week last week for myself and the panel—not very good. All right, we'll bounce back. We got uh, we got eleven games for you today on this Football Friday. I'm gonna start with an old rivalry: Tennessee heading down to Gainesville, Florida, just short against Bama last week. Will there be a little hangover? Coach Powell gonna go first. Vols at Florida. Florida's minus twenty. What do you got?
2: Again, that's a big line as we talk about two old rivals, but uh, Florida has been in control of this rivalry as of late with Tennessee not being very good. Tennessee struggled a little bit um, the last couple of weeks. Um, Not 100% sold on, but, again, I think the big deal here is Florida played extremely well against Alabama last week. Um, Will they have a, a hangover like Coach Macy said? I'm not sure, but I was very impressed with Florida's ability to run the ball However, Tennessee's run defense isn't terrible. You look at the point average yards given up; it's only 54.3 yards um, allowed. So that's, uh, you know, gives me a little bit of, of concern in terms of Florida. But I just don't. Th- I think Florida is good enough on defense. They're going to get up around that 28 mark. I got Florida
3: Gators covering at home with not a letdown against Tennessee Wolves. Wow, pal, <clears throat> that is great statistical analysis, there, buddy. That, that stuff's really good, you know. Until it's not. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story about uh Florida and the and the swamp that that I'm gonna give away my pick now, but that makes me lean towards Tennessee here. So I talked a couple of weeks ago about how <laughs> my college that I attended, uh, we had the nation's longest losing streak. talked uh, about it about three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go back to that. So we actually <laughs> played at the swamp, okay, while we were in that streak. And uh you know, we got some tickets, we went down there, had a great time. The fans were very accommodating, very welcoming. Um, you know, they, they weren't – I guess they weren't scared of the mighty Ohio Bobcats. But, uh, you know, we kicked off to, to open the game. It was an evening game, and, and Rex Grosman was the quarterback at the time. He threw an interception on him. I don't know if it was the first or second play. So we had the ball after a touchback <clears throat> interception – you know, right down there in the zone. We kicked a field goal, field and goal. then the, the we're up 3 nothing, and the skies opened up, torrential downpour, lightning. There was, like, a four-hour delay. So we were winning with the nation's longest losing streak at the Swamp for, like, four hours. I mean, total control of the ball game. okay? <laughs> I'm saying the Swamp, you know, they're not going to be as excited anymore after that loss, tough loss. That hangover you talked about is real. Tennessee goes into hostile territory, and gets the cover. Go Vols, baby.
0: Yeah, I kind of like Tennessee to cover, too, just because it's a lot of points. Um, Alabama was up early. Not sure what happened. Didn't watch the end of that game. But I'm just going to take the old rivalry and a lot of points. I'm going to take the Vols. All right, up next, we got Akron traveling to Columbia. He's got a quarterback change in Ohio State. We'll let Coach Whitmore tune us in on that. Coach Whitmore, what do you got?
3: Yeah, the most popular guy on campus. He's uh, usually the backup quarterback or, or the assistant coach, sometimes depending on who you're mad at. Um, but yeah, Kyle McCord. He's a true freshman. He's going to start. Five-star kid out of the Philadelphia area. Um, I actually thought he had a chance to win the job. I understand why he didn't. Uh, you know, you go with even though CJ Stroud does have not a uh, very little experience. You know, Kyle Stroud was a true freshman. Doesn't doesn't have as much or Kyle McCord, excuse me. Um, but I, I think he can really throw the ball and I think it's gonna help that receiving core. Uh we'll see how much Ryan Day opens up the playbook. You know, I, I a couple of weeks ago I talked about my mom and, and bowling green, and my father actually went to Akron. Pal, <laughs> don't pick your head up. Come on. This is this is a family show. Oh, yes, uh, okay. yeah. My dad played baseball at at Akron U. Um, but gosh, 48 and a half, that is <laughs> such a big number. I'd, I'd love to take the zips for you, dad. I don't have a song to sing. I don't, I don't even know if they nice. sing songs That's at Akron. Bad. So uh, <clears throat> gosh, you know, I'm going go to go the Buckeyes. They get right this week. Defense was a little better last week. I know it was Tulsa, Tulsa. but they they tried to do some things. I think the guys will be a little more <clears throat> tuned in with some of the zone and, and get some pressure on the quarterback. Kyle McCord's going to go in there. He's going to throw it all over the yard. Uh, Travion Henderson, true freshman, broke the, Single game rushing record for Ohio State for a freshman. Uh, Archie Griffin had that record before. In case you forgot, he's the only player ever to win two Heisman trophies. Uh, so I'm going to go Buckeyes here. Great
2: statistics there, Whitmore. Um, Ohio State last week they didn't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. This week they don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Actually made a decision, put the backup in. I'm always kind of leery of this, particularly when you play uh, a guy who's played. I thought played okay. And they're starting quarterback, and then they put in the backup against Akron. I feel quite confident that I could probably, with that receiving core, I could probably throw three touchdowns against Akron. That is true. I've seen you zip it around the uh, yeah. around the yard. That, that's it's pretty impressive, again. isn't it? Yep. So with that being said, um I, I just don't like I just don't like this look at, at this point in time. Again, I'm not the head coach at Ohio State Buckeyes, so they probably don't really care what I think in terms of what they should do here, but it will be exciting. You just don't know how the locker room feels about a new quarterback with a guy that they've respected uh, for the last couple of weeks. Akron is awful. Akron is given up by 40 points a game. They're scoring 23, though, against not-so-good opponents. They got beat pretty bad against Auburn, which leads me to believe I'm going to go Ohio State, but I'm going to get a backdoor cover here. I'm going to go Akron scores late to get inside of 48.
0: Yeah, it's just just a lot of points. I mean, I think Ohio State's quarterback will be fine. They're going to score a lot of points. But, man, 48 and a half is a boatload of points. I'm on the fence here. I guess I'm going to lean towards Akron just because it's so many points. Maybe it's like 55 to 10 or something like that. But I guess I'll take the zips and all of those points. All right, next, Notre Dame travels west to Chicago playing at Soldier Field. And the Badger will travel south and meet him in Chicago. It's Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Wisconsin five and a half point favorite here, 18th ranked versus 12th ranked. Um, fishy, fishy line, Coach Powell. What do you like,
2: man? Wisconsin, you know, got a got an off week last week after that tough weekend before plus uh playing Eastern Michigan University. Um, i I'd actually like Notre Dame here to win outright in this game. Um, I think Notre Dame offensively is getting better. Their quarterback played for Wisconsin. Maybe a get right game for him uh, personally. I just. Don't, Wisconsin, sometimes this is a game where they do exceptionally well, it seems like, you know, and beat a team where they're not supposed to, or, or they slip up. And I think Notre Dame has some weapons, so I think maybe the speed could potentially give Wisconsin an issue. Hopefully Notre Dame has got their defense fixed. I heard they look much better last week against Purdue. So I'm going to have to go with the Notre Dame fighting Irish to win this game
3: outright. Yeah. Nice pick, buddy. I <clears throat> Look, at you know, on the surface, I look at these two teams, and, and maybe it's a pick em. Um, and I got Notre Dame getting points here and, and almost getting a touchdown. Uh, I, I mean, geez, whiskey, That they're coming off of a bye, but uh, they, you know, they looked okay at times against Penn State. I think their defense was pretty good, but if this game is played relatively clean, I don't think either team can run away and, and, and hide from the other one as, as far as You know, put the game out of reach. They're just not built that way. I think if any team can do that, it might be Notre Dame. So I'm going to go with the Irish here again. I think I've picked them, you know, for two straight years, except for maybe one week on the podcast. And I don't know, maybe I've won one time, but they're going to get right this week. Um, I'm taking the Irish.
0: Yeah, the key the key here is Notre Dame's best run stopper, D tackle, may or may not play. Coach Kelly was very coy about it in his interview, which leads me to believe, after watching him the last ten years plus, is he probably won't play. That probably play a pretty big factor in it. Um, the bye, that's going to be a theme we'll talk about for the next seven weeks. Notre Dame's opponents have a buy before they play him. Will it help that opponent? Will it hurt him? Usually it helps, but I like Wisconsin here. I think Wisconsin could win by seven to ten. I'm just a little. Leery about Notre Dame's run defense, especially without their big run-stuffing um, nose tackle, de- defensive tackle <coughs> type. So I'm going to take Wisconsin minus five and a half. All right, next, mighty UMass, the Minutemen, coming south at Coastal, our darling Coastal, another massive line, 36-point favorite. Coach Whitmore, what do you like?
1: Yeah,
3: I think we had UMass on the on the show last year for one game, and if I remember, they were coming south. Maybe it was a play. Georgia Southern, uh, I think, and they didn't have their uniforms. Is that 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 right? I was actually about to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes there. But, you know, DTC, COVID, you know, they didn't get the uniforms right. I'm assuming that they have the correct uniforms this year. Okay. So so that's one box check for UMass. Um, The second box they got to check, though, is trying to hang with Coastal. Coastal, you know, they... They struggled last week a little bit. You know, It was a tough game. It was kind of a trap game for them. I think being back home on the teal turf, guys, it's, a, it's a ton of points. UMass, they're, they're bad. They kind of hung with Boston College a little bit, uh, but they got blasted by Pitt. I think Coastal probably somewhere in between those two teams. <coughs> I, I guess I said it last week. I'm not going against Coastal. I'm not doing it again. Coastal, you're the clears, baby.
2: Man, like Whitmore said, UMass traveled down south a couple years ago, didn't even have the correct jerseys. Um, Hopefully, um, they they bring the proper jerseys. But, man, this is a lot of points, man. 36 points against Coastal. Coastal um, barely got a win last week against Buffalo. I understand it was on the road, and Buffalo's a little better than you would expect. But, man, uh, 36 points. I'm I'm a Champs Clear fan. I like them. I think what they're doing is really, really good. But UMass has the ability to score. Only time UMass didn't score was against Pitt, but UMass put up 28 versus Eastern Michigan and 28 versus Boston College. So if, if, if the Minuteman can score around 14 points, I don't see Coastal covering that spread. So I'm going to have to go with a, a late score or even potentially an early score. UMass is going to dial it up down there in Coastal. I'm going to have to go UMass getting 36. So they can score early or late
0: or. or, <laughs> oh, either, I, or either, either or. or
2: worse. Either or works. I'm either or go or with worse. both. He goes go first four, go. quarter score and a fourth quarter score for the UMass. Minute, minute. Oh, minute. man. You're going to book in the, the game. That's like. going to cost the cover. Yeah. I should have thought about
0: it. Yeah, I All right, it. another big line. Coastal, I think, coming home does help. They'll be back home. They're not <clears> traveling. Um, a little scare last week. I, I'm not going against Coastal. Like Coach Whitmore said, I haven't done it in in two seasons. So I'm, I'm going to take Coastal on this massive line, but I'm going Coastal. <clears throat> All right, next game. I like this game. Intriguing game. Texas A&M travels the pig suey, Arkansas. Texas A&M is minus six. Coach Powell, you're up. Man,
2: this is a tough one, okay? I actually like Arkansas. I remember a couple of years ago in SEC, Arkansas might have been the worst team in the SEC. They got a new coach who's got them excited, and they're actually playing well. I don't think there's a lot of just excitement there. Texas A&M has not played nearly up to the expectation that we thought, but they, they lost Mond, who was a four-year starter for them, really, really good player. Um, Texas A&M, I think, has struggled to score points against a good team. They barely beat Colorado 10-7, to 7, which, which makes me a little bit nervous. While well, Arkansas has played well. I mean, they beat an over overhyped Texas team pretty pretty easily, played Rice and a bad Georgia Southern team. So, again, I'm not sure exactly how good they are either. But if you look at Texas A&M, they have played Kent State, Colorado, and University of New Mexico, all right? Arkansas getting points here i'm gonna have to go with the hogs man at home they're excited it's a big game for them this could be a turning point for arkansas's football program i'm going pig sweet
3: man i think you're looking at my sheet yeah so no, uh no, not. okay okay now so texas AM, I i they're a different football team don't get me wrong here i'm not comparing the two but i kind of put them in the same boat as as, as indiana going going into this year where I, I didn't watch AM as much, but I kind of thought they were a little overhyped last year. Even I know they the only loss was against Bama, and you know obviously we know what kind of monster that that is and, and was. But you know Arkansas, as you as you said, head coach Sam Pittman, he's got them rolling down there. They're playing really good football. Um, those fans are excited. When they played Texas, it was the most people that had ever attended a game in, in the state of Arkansas. I'm sure we'll have something similar this week. You know, they're getting points at home. I think they could win outright, but them getting six easily. Woo, pig suey,
0: baby. Yeah, there's a song in there, Whitmore, and Arkansas likes to sing the old pig suey song. I'm not going to sing it, but I do like Arkansas as well. I do like Arkansas. They're tough. They're physical. Uh, I'm going to take the points and pig suey as well. All right, Clemson. Oh, boy. Minus 10 at NC State. They got all sorts of offensive problems. Are they going to get right? This week, man, scary, scary trip heading up north on the road. Coach, what more you like?
3: Yeah, the best part about Clemson's inability to score is that it's finally bringing their lines down a little bit. So it's only 10. Um, gosh, what in the world were they doing at the end of the game last week? <laughs> I, I just – Are we I, talking to me? Coach so Powell I, already I'm, had it shut I'm off. I'm talking to anyone who will listen right now. <laughs> Coach Powell what had it shut off. What the heck was I watching <laughs> They got the ball on the two. They take, They try to draw them off sides. I get it. But, oh, wait, you don't have any timeouts. Now you get the ball on your own one-yard line. You snap it back in the shotgun to try to get it out of the end zone. Your <coughs> running back fumbles it. It goes back into the end zone. Thank goodness they jumped on it. <coughs> Not, you know, the mighty Georgia Tech yellow jacket. That's who they played, right? The yeah. They yeah, are yeah. good. Um, Much important. But, but my goodness. <laughs> um, I think maybe, just maybe, that finally that was – Enough of a wake-up call for it put everyone on notice. I think. I think with this thing being under two touchdowns, they're on the road. That's tough. NC State's playing okay, I think, but I just think the talent's going to win out here. Maybe the young guys will grow up a little bit. I'll take Dabo and the Tigers. Yeah,
2: Coach Whitmore. They actually worked on that this week. They worked on oh. underneath the center. That's okay, good. To help After them out. The yeah. That's good. After. Yeah. So hey, it's, it's all about improvement. That's week. right. That's right. That's uh, so, all you do. This is going to be an easy one, boys. Clemson is going to smoke NC State. It's not going to be close. No. This is a Clemson get right. The only thing that does scare me is NC State's defense isn't terrible. Okay. Um, they return a bunch of offenses. <laughs> yeah. It's a get right week. It's a get right. It's a get right time. Um Clemson's been hearing how bad they are, how they're overranked all year. Um, and they haven't had to deal with that in quite some time. Um, I think the boys respond. Um, NC State defense is pretty good, but I'm not worried uh, NC State's offense versus Clemson defense. It's it's not a question. One of my good buddies, uh Coach Mike Newton said earlier this week, talking to him, former wrestling coach at Hilton Head, he made the comment that all Clemson had to do to win by 10 would be to score 17 points. Okay. He is that confident in the Clemson defense, who are the only Division I team this year to not give up an offensive touchdown. Therefore, Ooh, Tigers in a route.
0: Let's roll. I I agree. I agree with Coach Powell. The Clemson defense is really good, and they're obviously offense is struggling. So they're fortunate (laughs) their defense has been so very good, or they probably have a second loss. Um, But but I I agree with that. They probably only have to do score seventeen to twenty one to cover the ten. I'm going to take the Tigers lines down. I'm taking Clemson to get right. All right, next Rutgers traveling to Ann Arbor. We know we call her, but we'll pass on that lines. The family show. Michigan minus 19. Oh, hard Paul has softened up the schedule early. We'll see what we got. Rutgers has a pulse, a little tougher than they have been in years In years past. First Big Ten game of the year, I believe, for Michigan. Um, Coach Powell, Michigan minus 19. What do you got?
2: Softened the schedule. You got the Rutgers Scarlet Knights rolling in, and they're undefeated.
0: He didn't get to make that part of the schedule. That's However, all the Big game. I, I
2: watched Rutgers play Syracuse this year, and I was actually very disappointed. They won, but I don't know how. They are bad, fortunately for them. They were playing Syracuse. Michigan run the ball, man. I think Michigan's two running backs are arguably two of the best running backs in the country. I watched them a couple weeks ago against a Washington team who's not terrible on defense, not very good on offense, but they absolutely ran it down their throat. The only problem is Michigan cannot throw the ball at all. Therefore, I think this will be a potential problem down the stretch. I think Rutgers keeps it close early, being that Michigan runs the ball. Maybe Michigan opens up a little bit this week. But I'm going to have to go with Michigan to cover. 21, they're making a statement. They're
3: ready for the Buckeyes. Oh, that game's a long ways away, buddy. <coughs> yeah, uh, Greg Chiano, he, he's at Rutgers, is doing a good job there. Um, like you guys said, that they have a little bit of a pulse. So I know Coach Powell's down on them. I, here's the thing. That number's big, and I'm thinking back to last year. When Rutgers played Ohio State, Ohio State ran out to an early lead. Rutgers did everything in their power. They were running trick plays down by four or five touchdowns. You know, I I just think they're going to try to make a statement themselves here in the first week of the Big Ten. Gosh, I wish the number was over 21, but I think it's close enough to 21. Rutgers is a better opponent than Michigan's played yet, and I think that might be the first time I've actually said that curse word ever on
0: this show but Rutgers on the road oh
3: I don't know Rutgers hasn't been
0: good I think the toughness Michigan hasn't played anyone with a pulse I know they had Washington on the schedule and they were ranked and all that stuff but they had five receivers out couldn't throw a forward pass it looked like it was 1907 for the Huskies so with that said I just got to take Rutgers as well. I'm not confident in it because I I thought they'd be a little bit better this year, but they are tough. Shiano is is a good coach. He is doing a good job. I agree with that. Um, So I'm going to take the Scarlet Knights, getting 19. All right, next, Nebraska heading to East Lansing, playing Michigan State. Michigan State coming off a really good win. And Nebraska, quite frankly, probably coming off their best loss in over a decade, you know, a narrow defeat to Oklahoma. Coach Whitmore, You got Sparty minus four, Nebraska heading to East Lansing. What do you like?
3: Yeah, Nebraska, they played well last week. You know, we were all over (coughs) Oklahoma and dog in Nebraska. They proved us wrong. Uh, Sparty, you know, I was on them last week. Um, That's a huge win. Trap game here for Sparty, but, man, I am telling you right now, if you have not seen them play, that running back, his name escapes me at the moment, he is good. Holy smokes, that kid can play football. He is legit. He is the difference here. I think Sparty can pound it. They throw the ball downfield. Uh, They're flying around like crazy on defense. That running back is legit. Put him in the Heisman conversation right now. Sparty gets the cover because it's less than a touchdown.
2: Coach, with more good one there. Um, Again, that that running back is good. I watched him last week against Miami, and there was no chance one person was tackling him. No chance. Uh, Sparty at home, man. Sparty's got a little... They're excited, their head coach, man, I think he's doing an awesome job there. He's getting a little bit excited for the kids. He's on on social media a good bit in it, and they're playing football. They deserve all the hype that they got at this point in the year, I personally think. I'm gonna have to go with Sparty to cover at home inside a touchdown. I don't think it's close, Uh, I'm gonna go Sparty.
0: Yeah, I think Sparty wins comfortably. I'm not sure, the line's a little confusing to me. Maybe overreaction to Nebraska barely losing to Oklahoma, who really hasn't been that great this year anyway. Um, I like Sparty to comfortably win. I'm taking Michigan State. <coughs> All right, Kentucky, coming from old Kentucky down to South Carolina, minus five and a half. Carolina plays the SEC opponent they should be able to play with, It's not Georgia. Coach Powell, what do you like?
2: You know, I'm actually, I hate to say this, but I, I was actually impressed with some of the things South Carolina did last week. Um, South Carolina defensively, I don't think is awful. Um, I think they can get after the ball. That's been a a pleasant surprise from what they have been defensively. I thought the last couple of years, Um Luke Doty can throw the ball. He's not scared to throw it down there. They got a really good receiver who, who, who showed that he can catch the deep ball in traffic. Um, You know, hopefully Carolina continues to play well. They're excited to be at home. It's a late night game. Me I mean, coach Bates talked about his early week, Not really sure why it's a premier game. When, But South Carolina is excited to do good, get to be at home. I know, um, their fans gonna be swinging those white towels and all that good stuff. I'm not sure. Cocky by 90 is effective here. Maybe Coach LeVere will be at the game, um, swinging his towel and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, Kentucky last week barely survived UTC, which makes me a little. Con- it makes it a little bit concerning for me. But I'm gonna have to go a game within a field goal. Therefore, the game has to go to the Carolina Gamecocks. Whoa! <clears throat>
1: did that hurt to say? It, it it did. But Clemson's bad too, so. It shouldn't have
3: South Carolina threw the ball downfield. I, the thing that impressed me was they threw the ball downfield a couple times against Georgia. I know the game was out of reach. It, it wasn't close, but they got the cover. They're three and zero against the number this year, yep. playing at home, getting points against an opponent that talent wise should be relatively close. I, I don't know who has an edge here, but I'm going to say, you know, the Gamecocks at home. Like you said, the towel's waving. People are excited. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Go Cox.
0: Yeah, I wonder if our good friend and podcast supporter, Joe Levere, will be at the South Carolina game or maybe the Florida Florida State State game. I
2: mean,
3: I'm
0: I'm not sure who he really cheers for. You know, in the 90s when Florida State was winning national titles, apparently he was a fan of them. But all right. So now he's a South Carolina fan. Maybe he'll be there. Maybe he'll be there, you know. That white towel crap, all that good stuff. But, yeah, South Carolina is 3-0 against the spread. I am 3-0 picking cockies and numbers. I'm going South Carolina. Give me five and a half. All right, West Virginia at Oklahoma. West Virginia was the good move. Moving into the Big 12 has to travel across the country for a conference game. Oklahoma, 16-and-a-half point favorites. Woo, that seems awfully big. Coach Whitmore, what do you like?
3: This one will be quick. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Give me the Mountaineers, pal. Do you know that song? I do not know this song. I'm not very
2: good with geography either, so I wasn't aware, <laughs> so I wasn't aware they were traveling technically across the country, but I guess halfway I, across at, the halfway country. Country, if I look at the map. I can actually see that now. <laughs> um, but that's why I teach PE. So, um, uh, West Virginia, man, I, I thought they were going to lose last week Virginia Tech. I didn't think Virginia Tech was great, but they were a favorite. And I really questioned that line, and they proved me to be wrong. And West Virginia was right. I think all oh, Virginia has some explosive players on offense. We played against one of them a couple years ago here in the Shark Tank, over from over in Georgia. Winston Wright. Winston Wright. That dude can flat out fly. I Said it when it happened. He's just one of the fast kids I've seen on film and in real life. Um, he's a big special team player. They throw the ball out there to him a little bit. Oklahoma has struggled a little bit not been able to cover the spread the last two uh, the last week. For sure, and against Tulane, Western Carolina, there wasn't a spread. Therefore, I think West Virginia is a little better than we think. So, I'm going to to West Virginia and get inside that number. That's a big number, man. Over two touchdowns, I
0: don't see it happening. Yep, I think it's a big number. Oklahoma's squeaked <clears throat> by a couple really bad to average opponents at best um, by a total of about 10 points. So, I'm, I'm taking West Virginia as well. <clears throat> I like him with the points on the road. All right, we got a bonus pick. Call it the Wesley Starks Bowl, Let's folks. Go! We got Hawaii minus 17 Taking on New Mexico State in Hawaii, the Wesley Starks Bowl. Coach Powell, you're up. What do you got? Actually, it's in Las
2: Cruces, New Mexico. Oh, sorry. you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. place in the country yep. Hawaii. You're yeah. right. Traveling to New Coach Mexico. Talk about Las Cruces, New Mexico.
0: It looks like what? Mars in that state. go ahead. Go ahead.
2: They had a huge win last week Mexico State. <laughs> they, they won a game? No. South Carolina State Bulldogs, home of the Adam Kinlocks. Oh, my
3: 10. Lord. Wow. So that is, that really is embarrassing, prepared. Kinlock, embarrassing.
2: Kinlock, what are we doing? <laughs> All right. But if you will have them right. However, Hawaii, man, they're not very good, okay? I keep thinking they're going to be some explosive offense like they were 20 years ago and 10, 15 years ago, but that's not the case. Um, they lost very badly to an Oregon State team, but Mexico State is awful. Okay, therefore, I'm going to have to go Hawaii to cover inside
0: Hawaii. Wow, okay. wow.
2: Coach
3: Starks, Woo. man, we miss you, buddy. Hope you're doing well out there. This is for you, Hawaii. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, I don't know what to pick. I have no idea about either team outside of New Mexico State. is terrible, and I, and I cannot believe that New Mexico State beat South Carolina State. That is awful, awful, awful. Um, I don't know. Forget you, start You left us. I'm going Hawaii. <laughs> All right. That's it for today. Appreciate everyone joining us. Big football game. We're at home yet again tonight. 730 kickoff against Blythewood, traveling down from Columbia. It should be a good game. Very talented teams. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. I'll go get my-